0: Tonight's scripture reading is from Luke, chapter 20, verses 38 through 42. What is it? 20? Yeah. Okay. Um, Now he is not God of the dead, but of the living, for all live to him. And some of the scribes answered, Teacher, you have spoken well for they no longer dared to ask him any question. But he said to them, How can they say that the Christ is David's son? For David himself says in the book of Psalms, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand. The word of the Lord. At House of Mercy, we've been looking again at Holy Scripture through the lens of our widely differing childhood memories to see where the interpretations we carry around might be something to re-examine in our religious imagination. If you grew up in the U.S., you might have read the Arch books from the St. Louis, Missouri, Lutheran Publishing House. And this one, Mary and Martha's Dinner Guest, is not bad. One innovation, it was not just Jesus who dropped in at supper time. It's a whole crowd packing into Martha's house. Of course she wants help and tells the Lord to tell Mary to get up from the study of Torah. It really softens the blow of the Puritan Protestant absolutist reading. Recently, a researcher met with U.S. and Canadian men and women in their 80s who recounted with anger and grief how much their mothers and grandmothers hated sermons that honored Mary for basically pretending to be male while rendering worthless Martha, who represented women's work. Would it have helped... Grandma at all to say, good news. Eternal life begins now in the collision of your interior relation with the holy and external discipline of serving others. It's like quantum theory. All things flow, then suddenly they don't flow. Things come together. Novelty happens. Who knows? Indeterminacy. Reliably, this microcosm expands to mi- macrocosm. But this one thing, an event of concreteness in space and time, branches off like broccoli exponentially into infinity, and you're a part of that, Grandma. My Norwegian grandma would have said, adugal, which translates, are you nuts? But what if Jesus felt like he could tell the truth to Martha, and she wouldn't misunderstand the truth about discipleship. Before Calvin, the 16th century reformer, who, as Catherine Keller, the Methodist process theologian says, formed and deformed the way we interpret the Bible, there was St. Augustine of Hippo, the 4th century bishop of North Africa. He said, Martha, with her concern with cooking and feeding people, is representative of the active life. Think about Anglicans and later Methodists who worked with coal miners in England with alcoholics and against slave trade and for beautiful music. On the other hand, Mary is the vida contemplativa, the picture of monasticism, prayer, who wins the hearts of Lutherans and Presbyterians, I think. Catholics are in the middle, and Eastern Orthodox. Even Mennonites, Amish, Quakers, all value the communal life so that every spiritual discipline, whether praying or working for justice, it's for love of the neighbor. Every religious tradition has some amazing insight into being the church, Unfortunately, any innovation that would affect the status quo could mean torture, burning, lynching, assassination. I'm sorry, that's depressing. David Byrne of the Talking Heads, when asked about spirituality in his music, said, I'm always thinking about it, but not overtly. That might frighten me, probably like a lot of people. I feel alienated from the traditional models that were presented to me as a child and eventually I left those and said that doesn't seem relevant to me, but like a lot of people, I have some longing for transcending those things in some way, shape, or form. Since I forgot to get a bio to Susie for the newsletter, I could share one thing about myself I was around a lot of Lutherans in my younger days. And since House of Mercy is now Lutheran, you might wonder what's their hermeneutic, their slant. It's a lot of talk about grace, so that's pretty good news. But it stops short of spelling things out. So there's a real element of freedom of the Christian. Like in the late 80s, a Lutheran pastor in Baltimore goes, hey, you know who's a member here? You know the Talking Heads, the lead singer, David Byrne? His mom. A few years later, I was working in New York, and I felt really bad for this pastor in Coney Island. He had a certain parishioner with very strong opinions. No, not Donald Trump. Mr. Trump, the father. Since then, I've spent a lot of money trying to understand God Jesus, the church. I've come this far. I figure I might as well keep going. Let's say God is oriented towards the world, in relation with it somehow. If so, we need to articulate it in ways that make sense in suffering. Well, the note to parents in the children's book suggests that Martha invited Jesus into her home. So try counting how many pictures of Jesus and crucifixes are in your home. Maybe your child needs some for the bedroom. You could purchase some or make them yourselves. Before the Archbook on Luke 10, 38-42, there were Byzantine icons on the subject and mosaics, sculpture, stained glass, and paintings like Diego Velázquez. Christ in the House of Martha and Mary. In the foreground, we see bodegón. It's a kitchen theme popular in 1618 Spain. We see an old woman close to a serving girl who was pounding garlic at a table covered with plates of fried fish. And in the background, in the upper right is a frame where we see Jesus with two women, one seated, one standing. Is it a painting within a painting or a window to the living room? Is the young woman Martha or a Spanish servant? Paul Tillich was a Lutheran chaplain for the German army in World War I. On furlough, from horrific battles and suffering, depression, and anxiety, he visited Botticelli's Madonna with Singing Angels and had an ecstatic experience of perception of light and color, the presence of the infinite in the finite. And later, for Tillich, the way that theological meaning And viewing art happens is through some particular fear that the artist has discovered and expresses in the art. Look again at the young woman of Diego Velazquez, Christ in the House of Martha and Mary. She's looking out at the viewer from the table with an expression of anxiety. She's thinking, Why am I here? Is food preparation my calling? What if I want to get married and not to the one my family has arranged? What if I don't like the opposite sex? What about my future kids? What if they die? I'm probably reading too much into it, but her eyes seem to be like rolling, like, oh, my God, what if this old lady at my elbow doesn't know what she's talking about? What if Jesus hates me deep down and she just says that he loves me? How can I serve him? Maybe I should catch a ship and go to New Spain or Florida. And her anxiety is building and building till she looks like she's going to scream like the future Edward Monk painting. Reverend Debbie said, maybe you would like to preach. You could just translate one of your sermons. And I, I said, no, that won't work. We mostly talk about being immigrants. In Spanish, we relate to psalms of lament like Psalm 137. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down and there we wept when we remembered Zion. Our tormentor said, hey, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? And then, too, we talk a lot about the Virgin Mary. So, No. But there's some cool things coming from the global south, like Mistisaje, which is the clash of cultures. It was first Spain, and now this clash going north, which is a more hopeful collision, where the Spanish-speaking people will selectively engage with culture, art, church, and society. But I think that a, a useful word for us here, this night, is Nepantla. It can be understood as a threshold or lumina of expectation. Picture Martha and Mary together in this middle space on the threshold. It's a place and time for patience and for waiting on God to speak. According to Lara Medina and Gilbert Cadena, the Nahuatl term Napantla, meaning in the middle, was recorded by Friar Bernardino de Sahagun in the 16th century. A Dominican friar, Diego Durang, had reprimanded an indigenous elder for his behavior, which appeared discordant with Christian and Nahua customs and morals. The elder responded, Father, don't be afraid, for we are still Nepantla, or as he later added, we are neutral. One final question, which Tillich brought forth in lectures more than 60 years ago at the Minneapolis Institute of Arts, does the image suggest a theology that sells solely otherworldly hope? Or does the image permit a viewer or community to keep their identity and to keep loving while living and breathing in this world? Did you know Martha is the patron saint of cooks, housewives, and female dragon slayers? After Pentecost, Mary, Martha, Lazarus, their brother who was raised from the dead by Jesus, they moved to France to evangelize. Martha found her calling slaying dragons by ladling hot water on them from her cooking pot. I grew up in West Virginia, and I could have really used that information.